0: OK, so it's basically, it would be the understatement of the year to say that the last few months have been very, very strange and probably very disorientating for, um, for most of us. And um, as I was reflecting on that, um, I was kind of led to Psalm 137, which I'm just going to read the first four verses of. Um, and it goes like this. It says, by the rivers of Babylon, we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. And then it, it goes on in verse three, for there our captors asked us for songs, our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said to us, sing, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the Lord's song while in a foreign land? Um, and this psalm just kind of paints this picture of, of uh, people of Israel in a time of exile on the banks of Babylon weeping, asking themselves this question, how do we continue to sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Just this sense of how do we continue to be God's people when we're so far away from what we know, when we're so far away from home? And although most of us probably aren't in a position where we're physically away from home, over the last few months I'm sure that um, some of you can resonate with the idea that actually it's felt like we're actually far from home, we're far from what we know. um, And as a church, as Anna mentioned before, we're not together. And that's such a far cry from what we know, what we know means to be the church. And so um, I was just reflecting on the fact that there are so many people in the Bible that learnt to still continue to sing God's song being far away from home. So we're just gonna look very briefly at three of them this morning. We're gonna look at Ruth, Joseph and Nehemiah. So we, um, we're not gonna sort of dig deeply into the text, but please, I really encourage you to read through all of these stories in your own time because they're all incredible. So we're gonna start off with Ruth, um, which is a tiny little book of four chapters um, right in the beginning of the Bible. And I always think the book of Ruth kind of reads like a novel because it has this really kind of dramatic arc, this dramatic story. And it begins with this woman called Naomi, whose name means pleasure, um, whose life basically goes from bad to worse. Um, And the story begins with her and her husband and two sons who move to Moab from Israel in order to flee a famine. And Naomi's sons end up marrying two Moabite women, one called Orpah and one called Ruth. And Naomi's sons and her husband tragically end up dying, leaving Naomi as a widow and sonless. And she's obviously devastated by this. And um, she decides that she doesn't actually want to be known as Naomi anymore, um, but she wants to be known as Mara, which means bitter. And so eventually the famine comes to an end and Naomi decides to head back home. And she tells her new daughters-in-law that she's going to be doing that. and she tells them that she doesn't want them to come with her because there's no kind of prospect of them um, for their life back in, um, back home. And uh, Naomi successfully persuades um, Orpah um, not to come with her, but she cannot shake off Ruth. Um, and there's this beautiful passage um, which is found in chapter 1 from verse 16. Um, It's it's often quoted at weddings, so you might have heard it before, even if you've not read the book. And it goes like this. Do not urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. And what we see here is Ruth making this really bold choice to follow Naomi's God, to follow her mother-in-law, Um, and to trust in Naomi's God's ability to take care of her, her. She says, your God will be my God. She chooses to let go of her own goals and intentions in order to serve Naomi. And as we continue to read the story, what we see is that Ruth continues to honour Naomi, to put her first and to essentially follow the way that we now know of Jesus, to love God and to love her neighbour as she loves herself. And what I find really exciting and beautiful about this story is as Ruth chooses to put herself in line with the way of Jesus, she literally puts herself in line with God's greater purposes which are brought about by Jesus. And we see a little snippet of that right at the end of the book um, with the genealogy of Naomi's family, of her um, ancestors after her. And it's literally the line of Jesus. And um, Boaz in um, chapter 2, verse 12, says says of Ruth, May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. And I think there's an encouragement for us today that as, as we continue to take refuge in our God as, and as we continue to make practical choices that are in line with his ways, whilst we're away from home, whilst we're away from all that we know, as we choose to take refuge under God, he is going to continue to work his purposes through us. We can trust that he is going to do that. And particularly for those of us who um, maybe are finding it difficult in this time to kind of continue to call Jesus Lord. that actually there's an encouragement that as, as we continue to do that, as we continue to put ourselves in line with what Jesus has for us, that we know, we know that actually he is going to continue to work out his purposes through us even though we feel like we're miles away from what we know. And just, yeah, a real encouragement, particularly for, for anybody who's maybe feeling like, actually, you've had to make really tough choices over the last few months in this time of lockdown. It's felt really costly to continue to live a life that you know that Jesus has called you to. I feel that there's yeah, a massive encouragement for you today to remind you that God sees you, He knows you and he's continuing to work his purposes through you, although you might feel completely disorientated by everything that is going on around you. And thank God we don't have to rely on ourselves in order to keep in line with what Jesus has called us to. In John 14, verse 15, Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments and I will ask the father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees or knows him, you know him for he dwells with you and will be with you. We have a helper as we continue, even though we're far away from what we know, we have our helper, the Holy Spirit, right now with us. So that's the encouragement for us from Ruth. So we're going to move on to Joseph. And again, it's a story right in the beginning of the Bible, in the book of Genesis. Again, I didn't really encourage you to read it. Um, It kind of goes from uh, chapter 37 all the way to chapter 45. And Joseph is forced away from his home, um, but not by his own choice. He's actually sold into slavery by his brothers. And it's, again, a real up and down narrative, which I'd really encourage you to read. But so Joseph's journey starts in chapter 37 of Genesis with him being thrown into a cistern by his jealous brothers in order to get rid of him. But then his brothers decide that they actually want to make a little bit of money off getting rid of Joseph. So they decide to sell him into slavery. And then Joseph is sold um, to Potiphar um, in order to work for him and then is actually thrown into prison after he's falsely accused of trying to seduce Potiphar's wife. And whilst Joseph is in prison, he ends up helping out the king's cupbearer and the king's baker. He asked them to kind of remember him when they get out, um, but they failed to do that. And Joseph is kind of left alone um, without any prospects again. But as you read the story, there is this theme that kind of pops up throughout, that in spite of the kind of deception that Joseph has had to face being let down by people, and that is that God is with Joseph. And we read in chapter 39 of Genesis in verse 2 it says the Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master and when his master saw that that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did Joseph found favor in his eyes and then later we read as Joseph goes to prison in verse 21 but while Joseph was in prison the Lord was with him he showed him kindness and granted him in the eyes of the prison warden. And it goes on in verse 23 to say, Because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. And so not, over, not only was jo- did Joseph know that God was with him, but it's evident for all around to see. And later, when Joseph um, eventually meets Pharaoh, Pharaoh says of him, Can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the Spirit of God? So there Joseph is, he's away from home, away from all that he knows in, frankly, dire circumstances. But God is still with him. And he's still confident enough in God's presence with him that when he kind of gets into these sticky situations, when he has to interpret dreams for people, he completely leans on God, knowing that God will give him the interpretation for those dreams. And the other day, I was actually walking um, in King's Cross Station, and I saw um, a poster, a British Red Cross poster. I think it might flash up in a minute. There it is. And as you can see, it says, you may feel alone, but you are not alone. And not alone is underlined in big letters. And it reminded me of this story that... There's no doubt that Joseph was, even though he was away from home, away from all he knew, there's no doubt that he wasn't alone, even though he might have felt alone, even though all the kind of circumstances around him might have been screaming at him that he's alone. And I wonder whether you listening to this today might be feeling that all the circumstances around you feel, make you feel like you're alone, making you feel like you're disorientated and again, away from all that you know. But again, the encouragement here from Joseph's story is that even though that might be the message that we're receiving from all that's around us, we know, just like the poster says, we're actually not alone. And we have a reminder where Jesus says to his disciples as he's sending them out, as he's commissioning them to go out and make disciples, in Matthew 28, verse 20, he says, And surely I am with you always. the very end of the age and again for us although circumstances might suggest something else we have the promise of Jesus that we are not alone he said he is with us always until the end of the age so I'd encourage you to take him at his word to continue to call on him and remember just as that poster kind of screams even though you might feel alone you are not alone God has not forgotten you and then finally we come to Nehemiah and his story again is recorded in the Old Testament in the Bible and it comes at a time when the people of Israel find themselves in exile as a result of kind of turning away from God and they were way away from Jerusalem again away from all that was familiar in regard to their faith in this foreign land and we meet Nehemiah, who's a cupbearer to the king in this foreign land. Um, and the story, again, incredible story, um, where Nehemiah um, is able to kind of bring about these reforms, encourage the people to turn back to God and rebuild um, the walls in Jerusalem. And but in but right at the beginning of the book, what we see is that all of that is preceded by this incredible prayer life that Nehemiah has, this incredible intimacy that he has with God. And right in the beginning of the chapter, in if uh, the book, in chapter one, Nehemiah is, is in Susa away from his home. He hears about the trouble that his people are having, and he hears that the walls of Jerusalem are in disrepair which meant there was no kind of protection for the city from their enemies. And we read that in response to that, Nehemiah, in uh, chapter 1, verse 4, we read that he weeps, he mourns, he fasts, and he prays. He's faced with this massive problem, and even though he's far from his home, the life of faith that he knows He comes back to that, he comes back to prayer, he comes back to God, he comes back to getting down on his knees and getting before God. And his prayer is recorded in um, verses five to 11. And we see that throughout the book, Nehemiah just continues to pray, whether that's kind of arrow prayers that he shoots up when he's asked a question by the king, that crucial question of what is it you want, all the way to the long prayer recorded in chapter nine, which is this incredible prayer of praise, confession, and asking God prayer is something that is so intrinsic to Nehemiah's life and that as he all that he's learned whilst at home he takes that with him whilst he's away from home and that becomes his default reaction and um, the practice of that prayer that continues to bear fruit for him even though he's away from all that he knows but not just for him also for the people around him and for me, right at the beginning of lockdown, I had, uh, I had one main particular TV obsession, um, and that was um, The Last Dance, you might have seen it, um, which was a TV documentary on Netflix all about basketball, and specifically the Chicago Bulls basketball team of the 90s. Um, and it was this um, look at kind of the dynamic of the whole team, but kind of specifically focusing on Michael Jordan. On the Chicago Bulls team and um who just completely brought a new meaning to the word competitive he was there to win um and he did everything possible um in order to do that but what really struck me when I was watching that was his um his ethic towards practicing even when he was practicing with his teammates just kind of in their regular court he was going 100 going big and then all the way to when he was still filming, when he was filming the film uh, Space Jam, which some of you may have seen, he had a court built um, for him to practice on because it was that important to him to keep practicing. And for us in this moment, if we're still trying to figure out what what it means to live for Jesus, to be the church right now, I just encourage you that we still need to continue in the practices of our faith Even though it might, like um, like Michael Jordan in The Last Dance, it might not feel like it's game time right now. It's still the time to keep practising. Even though we might feel like we're away from all that we know, let's remain in prayer. Let's remain in spending time in God's word. Let's remain worshipping, even though that might be on our own completely different from what we're used to. And let's continue to engage in the practices of our faith that we learned when we were at home. Because it still matters and we're still the church, even though we are scattered right now. And it's from that place that God is going to continue to speak to us, to be with us, but also continue his kingdom work. And so as we've kind of done this whistle-stop tour, looking at those three people today... What we see in each of their stories is that God continues to do his work through them despite appearances, despite feelings, despite what they kind of thought may have been going on and despite importantly for our purposes today they were so far away from their homes. And for each of us I think um, that God wants to remind each of us, to strengthen each of us as we carry on in this journey and we're still kind of not sure when it's going to end, how it's going to end. There's so much uncertainty, but he, I believe God wants to continue to strengthen us today to believe that he's still working out our purposes in us and through us. So as we continue, like Ruth, to make choices that are in line with what he's called us to do, that he is still with us, and he's gonna work out even more, he he can work out even greater things as a result of that. That like Joseph, even though we might feel like everything's going from bad to worse, away from all that we know, and the circumstances telling us that we're alone, actually we're not alone, and that as we continue to engage in the practices that we've learned from our home, from our home, of prayer, of worship, of being in God's word, that God can meet us in unexpected ways and use us in unexpected ways for his kingdom.